Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Teddy. My name is Teddy Parsons, your host and continued agitator for the next 30 minutes or so. I am so excited that you're joining us today for another episode of Real Talk with Real People. On today's episode, we are talking about love languages, and I'm so excited that we get to welcome back Chaka Holly. She's the founder, CEO, and therapist at a New Day Masterworks Consulting located in Chicago, Illinois. But before we bring in Chaka, here are a few interesting facts I discovered about this thing we call love. Some historians believe that Valentine's Day commemorates the death of St. Valentine on February 14th, while others believe that the holiday actually has its origins in a pagan fertility festival called Lupercalia, and hopefully I'm saying that right, which was celebrated on February 15th in ancient Rome. Aphrodite is the ancient Greek goddess of sexual love and beauty identified with Venus by the Romans. The average cost of a wedding in the United States in 2022 was nearly $27,000, which means if you have 100 guests attending, you are spending approximately $207 per person. I can comfortably say that's why I'm glad I'm not married. So again, useless but interesting facts that will not change your life in any way whatsoever. But you can feel free to file these under who gives a rat's ass. Enough with this nonsense. Let's say hello to our special guest. Hi, Chaka. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Hey, Teddy. Thank you so much for having me. I am doing well and happy to be here with you. Yes, I'm so happy you're back. You know, I, any of those facts? Are you surprised about any of those? I am definitely surprised about the cost of weddings. When you broke it down to $270 per person for 100 guests, that just seems kind of you know, out there. So yeah, I had no idea that it was that high, that expensive for weddings nowadays. I knew they were up there, but I didn't realize it was that expensive. I did refrain from saying that, you know, in the United States in 2022, each the weddings, they said an average of 27,000. And I really wanted to say um, on a sidebar, that's for privileged people, because I know a lot of people who did not spend $27,000 on their wedding, and they had a beautiful wedding, you know, so yeah. anyway. Okay, so Chaka, can you please remind our listeners who you are and what you do? Sure. Hey, everyone. I'm Chaka Holly. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And currently, I uh, do assessments for the state of Illinois. In addition to that, I see clients um, for counseling services. I work with a host of issues. I focus my practice on social justice as well as the arts. And so I incorporate art therapy, as well as helping people to see the bigger picture and in how injustice impacts their mental well-being in their day-to-day life and help to empower people to fight back as a means of therapy. So that's a little bit about me and what I do here in the city of Chicago. Thanks so much, Chaka. We're going to be sure to list all your information under today's episode narrative. Okay, Great. so... So I asked Chaka to join me today as I wanted to talk about love languages. I've been hearing a lot about these lately. And what do these really mean? So here's what I learned when hitting the Googler as I prepared for our conversation today. It stated that there are five love languages, and they are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. 
So Chaka, what do these really mean or represent? Well, what's interesting about the love languages is that they're not based on empirical data at all. The author of the book, uh, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts, created these love languages based on anecdotal information and created this self-help book for couples and relationships. And it has just blown up from there. This book came out many years ago and has followed with additional um, books um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, has followed with additional books touching on these five love languages. And even though they're based on anecdotal information, I think they're very helpful and make a lot of sense. So when you think about words of affirmation, those are those kind things that you say to people. You did a great job with the meal that you prepared today or, or the house looks really nice or clean. Thank you for doing that. You think about those gifts, sending the flowers. Uh, you think about acts of service. I took your car to be washed. Uh, you think about physical touch, holding hands. And then, of course, quality time, which is spending time with one another, but spending time in a way that provokes quality. So it's not just being in one another's presence, but being in one another's presence in a way that evokes emotion and a way that really helps you to feel connected and drawn to your partner. Chaka, thanks so much for sharing that information. So, you know, here on Real Talk with Teddy, our thing is we have Real Talk with Real People. So as I mentioned to you prior to the recording today's podcast, I have been seeing a lot about love languages and was curious if this is too legit to quit. See, I'm trying to get jiggy there. Or just a bunch of hogwash. What's your thought on this? Do you subscribe to the whole love languages thing? I love the love languages. You know, as a counselor, um, you know, we want everything to be evidence-based. We want empirical data. But when I came across the love languages, I thought that they were pretty significant. And I thought that they could stand the test of time. And they really have. And like I said, that um, they've been expanded on upon the years. And so um, they have the love languages for teenagers, love languages for um, other types of relationships now. And I think that they are simple, make sense to people. People are able to understand and use them. And I think it really helps people with their relationships. So when I do couples counseling, um, I do use the five love languages um, in the couples counseling, which may be different from some therapists because again, it's not based on empirical data, but like I said, I love, I love the love languages. Awesome. Okay, so how do we introduce our love language tethers? So this type of conversation, personally, for me, would not be something I would even know how to start a role naturally off the tip of my tongue. So how do we introduce a love language, and how do we share with others what our love languages are without sounding like a kook? <laughs> I don't know how you do it without sounding like a kook, but it's almost like, you know, when you when you look at... Um, dating websites, people list their Myers-Briggs 
um, on dating websites. And I feel like love languages have become that popular where people simply ask other people, what are your love languages? I have had people ask me that. Um, and it's something that has come up in conversations with people. It's just that popular nowadays. So I think to bring it up uh, is pretty normal because most people are familiar with the love languages and those that are not are very curious about the love languages, want to find out their own love language and want to find out the love language of those around them. And so uh, the book includes uh, a test that you can take. You can do the assessment online as well to determine what your top two love languages are. It kind of uh, categorizes them from uh, the strongest to the weakest, uh, but most people just kind of state what their top two are. Awesome. And you know what, Chaka, I'm going to add those two resources, the book you mentioned and the link to take that test. So, okay, I'm going to go a little deep here. So how okay. do we discover our own love languages and can these change over time? Yeah. So the way that you discover your love language is by taking the assessment. The book does come with the assessment. And like I said, um, there's the website to it. So great, um, Teddy, if you can provide that link for folks. Um, and that helps you to create or helps you to understand what your love language is. And once you understand what your love language is, it's not fixed. People change and grow all the time, and especially within relationships. And that's why I really encourage people to have regular conversations with their partners. So if you ever were to do couples counseling with me, that's one thing that you would learn is my homework assignment is to have weekly meetings with your partner to talk about issues and concerns that come up in the relationship. And that's one of the things that you could discuss would be what what's your love language? Has that love language changed over time? Is it the same? And is that love language different at different times in your life? When you're really stressed out, you might find that your love language is acts of service versus um quality time because you need more assistance or need more help than when things are calmer in your life and you might look towards um, physical touch more and want uh, to feel um, the emotion and um, touch of your of your partner. So I think it can change over time. Awesome. Okay. So a few times already in our uh, conversation, you mentioned couples counseling. So, but what if I'm a single person, which I am, and don't have to get out the violin for me. I love it. So, you know, you mentioned couples counseling, but what if I was an individual? Could I reach out to someone like you to uh, talk about this as an individual? I don't have a partner. I don't have a spouse, a wife, girlfriend, boyfriend. But could someone meet with you to talk about their love language and learn more about that? Most certainly. There's even a book now for singles. Like I said, this thing is just blown up. So now there's uh, a book, The Five Love Languages for Singles. Um, and this is definitely something that you could talk with me about because love languages expand beyond um, 
romantic relationships. So if you think about relationships with uh, the people that you work with, um, your family members, and there might be challenges with feeling connected to folks, and you may wonder why. And it may be that the people are not relating to you in your love language, or there may be conflict because you're not relating to others in their love languages. And that would be a great conversation to have with your therapist on how to improve relationships with those around you. And so that's definitely something that we could talk about. Awesome. So, and I think that would be really important and I'm going to make sure again, to have uh, your contact information and encourage people to reach out to you. Okay. You're welcome. So we're going to shake things up a little here in February, 2022, in an effort to be more inclusive and current, Truidity, a company that offers a variety of online personality quizzes, released its list of new, the seven new love languages, and they list these as activity, appreciation, emotional, financial, intellectual, physical, and practical. In your opinion, in your opinion, are these more modern in line to what we may view as love languages today? That's a good question. I I was not familiar with those with that list that you uh, just provided. So this is my first time hearing that. Would you mind reading that list again, Teddy? Sure. And like I just found it this morning, so don't feel bad. So um, <laughs> our activity, appreciation, emotional, financial, intellectual, physical and practical. And I have to say, Chaka, I find these make more sense to me than the original five we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, what I would say about these is I think it relates more to your question about uh, being a single person, uh, because these to me seem like they're not necessarily related to a romantic relationship that these can fit any type of relationship and they're more universal. So I think in that sense, they could be more helpful than the originals and helping people to think about love languages across the board in relationships and not only in romantic relationships, because that's often where you hear the conversations about love languages. Like I mentioned earlier, people that are dating online are, are talking about love languages. People are talking about these in their romantic relationships, but you don't hear or see as many people talking about it in their professional relationships or uh, their platonic relationships. So I think using these newer love languages can give people permission to discuss them in platonic relationships um, with coworkers, colleagues, family members, and help people to think about how um, they're presenting themselves so others can understand their love languages and how they can understand the love languages of others. Yeah, you know, as you were saying that, I started thinking, when I read those, they sound more like something that, um, I don't do uh, dating apps, but don't they sound like something more you would list in quality you're looking for someone? 
Um, they sound more like qualities that you are seeking or that you might have. Uh, more to me, they sound like something you're maybe looking for somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of a lot of sense. And I think also um, they seem neutral in some sense. I think some people can have some dislike. And we were joking about this earlier, but the uh, the gift giving, um, the love language, uh, the offering of gifts. Um, and also the offering of words of affirmation. Some people can feel that um, those having those as their primary love languages says something about them that is in some way materialistic or in some way shallow, um, which I don't think it does. But I think the wording and the way that it's laid out can cause people to feel that way. Whereas using these, I think, pull you away from that and it takes you back to kind of more values um, and qualities as opposed to actions. Yeah, I agree. And so I'm uh, being a little tongue in cheek here, but when I see the financial one, what I'm reading is you're paying for dinner. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and isn't that a conversation now? That's a huge conversation on social media when it comes to uh, heterosexual relationships. Should the man pay for the dinner? Should the woman pay? Should they go half? And I am so tired of that conversation. <laughs> I am. Yeah, it's interesting because I, you know, it, I think you're right. And it's, you know, I have friends who are extreme feminists and uh, true girl power, and they don't want anyone paying for their meal. You know, I have a good job. I work. I don't need you to pay for my wheel. You know, where uh, you know, I have other friends who, yeah, you want to pay for my meal? Please do. You know, <laughs> I'm getting dessert. So it doesn't seem that complicated that we need to have so many conversations <laughs> around it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's really about that game, that cat mouse game we play, right? When the check is yeah. laid down, who's going to reach for it first? Okay. So I know that in your day-to-day -day business, uh, you mentioned that you offer a couple counseling. Are love languages part of the discussion and part of the therapy and co uh, couples counseling? If so, what does that look like? Definitely. I actually have couples um, to take the assessment and to determine what their love languages are. I have them to verify that what came up is correct for them make sense to them and fits who they are. And then I have them share with their partner specifics on how their partner could deliver those, um, deliver love in their love languages. So for example, a person might say to their partner, my love language is acts of service. And I would really like it if you would help me with laundry on Saturdays um, instead of, uh, playing with the kids or watching TV, um, that would be really helpful to me. Um, and couples use that and find ways to be able to work with one another and help each other to express love in their love language. Okay. That is amazing. So I'm going to ask kind of a strange question segueing off of what you just said. As a single person, can I set my own love languages for myself? 
Yeah. So I think that you can definitely set your own love languages for yourself, which is why I have people to verify that what the assessment determined is correct. You know yourself way better than um, Gary Chapman. So if you could complete the, the uh, questionnaire and you find that uh, it says your top love language is quality time and that just doesn't fit for you and you feel like the words of affirmation are more important to you, then I would encourage you to set your own and to stick with what feels true and honest to you and who you are, as opposed to trying to fit yourself into this assessment um, and into these boxes. Okay. Yeah. Cause I sort of think about that. I'm thinking, yeah, no, we could probably have our own love languages as we're taking care of ourselves. Okay. Chaka, as we begin to wrap up our discussion, do you have any final thoughts on love languages that you want our listeners to know? And I do want to encourage everyone to reach out to you, especially if they need more information or if they want to set, set up an individual or a couples counseling. Yeah, I think when it comes to love languages, one of the things that you can do is express your love language to yourself as a way to model for folks how you like to be cared for, how you like to be loved. So if words of affirmation are important to you, then maybe you should recite affirmations Um as part of your daily routine so that those that you encounter see that this is important to you and that they jump on board with giving words of affirmation as well. Um, if acts of service are important to you, then um, being intentional about asking for assistance with uh, services that you need done as opposed to kind of just waiting around for someone to offer, taking the initiative to show and display how these things are important to you so that those that you encounter can see those things as well. And again, I think it's uh, extremely important to make sure that the love language that is determined by the assessment aligns with who you are and I think it's also uh, vitally important to think about the love languages of those that you encounter and see if there are ways in which you can uh, express your love through those love languages. What the tendency is, is that we tend to express our love through our own love languages. So if my love language is words of affirmation, then that's typically how I show others love by affirming them. Oh, you look great today. Oh, you did a great job at this. But that might not be their love language. So it would be wise for me to uh, get to know them better and find out what their love language is so that I can express my care and concern for them in their love language. Okay, that's awesome. I'm going to slip in another question here because I'm glad you kind of defined it that way. So, for example, you know, I'm a big hugger. So could would my love language be physical touch? Would you consider that physical touch? Uh, someone who, like me, really likes to hug people and, you know, stuff like that. Would that be a, be a love language? Does that sound right if I said physical touch is my love language? Definitely. Physical touch is my love language. And I'm also a hugger. Everyone in my family 
are huggers. Uh, my family, I come from a, a huge family uh, and a huge family of people who are very affectionate. So everyone hugs you, gives you big kisses on your cheeks, squeezes you, sits close to you with their arm around you, rubs your back. You know, it's, it's a very close-knit family and that sort of physical affection is the norm in our family. Um, so it's very important to me in relationships to feel that uh, same sort of affection. And I think hugs is a great example of um, the physical touch, love language. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, all my years in HR, I've had to learn that I have to um, say to someone, uh, I'm a hugger. Do you mind if I give you a hug? Because some people don't speak our love language. <laughs> Chaka, they do not want you touching them. You know, so I always try to be really mindful if I'm going to give someone a hug. Um, I do ask them, do you mind if I give you a hug? I'm a hugger. So, yeah. Okay. That's very wise to do, uh, Teddy, because you are definitely right. Everyone has different love languages and some people can be very offended. And especially in the workplace, you want to be careful about touching other people. Absolutely. Okay, so Chaka, thank you again for joining me on Real Talk with Teddy. Of course, I always enjoy our conversations and I look forward to having you back again on the podcast sometime soon. But before we say goodbye, I wanted to make sure that I asked you, do you have any special events, trainings, or programs coming up that our listeners should know about and they should join in? I do. I have a DPT um, group that is starting uh, this week. So if someone wants to get in, then they need to uh, let us know as soon as possible. But I'll be starting another one in a couple of weeks. It's a 10-week a group for dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, and it's really a great way for people to learn tools and techniques to manage their own emotions and stress level, and also tools and techniques to improve relationships. So if you are interested in improving relationships, managing your emotions, this is the group for you. Uh, we do accept insurance. Um, and the if you're paying out of pocket, the fee is $175 a month um, for four sessions each month for three months. And we're going to list that link. Um, you'll provide me information, right? So we can share it with other people. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And again, like I said, Chaka, we're going to um, make sure we list all the amazing work you do in the links, how to reach you under today's episode narrative. So um, again, my friend, it's always an honor, and I'm so grateful when you take the time to join us. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I always have a good time chatting with you, Teddy. You as well. I think our more fun conversations are before we hit that record. <laughs> so, well, my friends, unfortunately, our time together is coming to an end. You can stay connected with us by liking our Facebook page and following us on Instagram and Twitter which I wouldn't because I never update it in full transparency. You can also head on over to teddytalks.com to learn how you can connect with us, stay informed, and how to catch up on past episodes. Remember, no matter where life's journey takes you, it's always a great time to grab a cup of coffee, some hot cocoa, or maybe a dirty martini, and let's keep talking. Mm-hmm.